0: Well, we're continuing on our series, Belong. Everybody say, Belong. We are all hardwired, if I can put it that way, by God. Um, This innate, deep, strong need uh, to belong. It drives us. If, If we don't handle this need to belong in the right way, as I've been saying to you, we will end up where we belong wrong. Uh, I know I mentioned it to you last week. How many of you have heard of peer pressure? How many of you have ever done something dumb because of peer pressure? I'm waiting on you. All right. Good deal. You know what we do? It's so strong within us that we want to fit in, we want to be accepted, that we change how we look, how we carry ourselves, the way we talk, the way we act. Uh, We'll reduce our values. We'll compromise our values. Why? Why would you do that? Uh, Peer pressure. What's that all about? Because I wanted to somehow fit in. And it's not so much that we want to fit in with a certain person or group. It's that we don't want to be left out. And so it'll drive us and then we end up where we belong wrong. And it's a critical thing. And then our culture is just set up because they know the warmth and the, the... the thrill we have, well, we, I belong, I've got a card, you know, uh, so we belong to all kinds of things, clubs and leagues and teams and Sam's club and dollar shave club. And, you know, every, everything else that, you know, I got, I got the card to get the discount. Yeah, probably. And, you know, all of these things and none of them really fill. So the ultimate, um, highest, most fulfilling expression of belonging comes when we belong to God. Now, don't let that be a religious thing for you. We belong to God, first of all, because he created us. He made us. But we also belong to God in another sense, because he redeemed us. And that belonging to God has to do with our choice and our recognition of the fact that I am lost and he can save me. And John 1.12 talks about, to many as received him, to them he gave the right or the privilege to be called the children of God to as many as believed on his name. And so if I believe him, I receive him, I accept him, I come into the family of God. So if I belong to God, I belong to his family. And if I'm in the family, he's the father. So he's my father. So that puts us in a great place. That is the highest expression of belonging. And before we leave here today, I want to give everybody that opportunity uh, that if you don't belong, that you can, you can be a part of that happening in, in your life. Well, I want us to look at another metaphor, and Scripture is loaded with these. Several of them are going to show up here in Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus is speaking. He says, do not fear. Everybody say, do not fear. So what he's saying is, what you're about to read, what I'm about to tell you will help to reduce your need uh, to fear. Do not fear, note this, little flock, for it is your father's, note that, good pleasure to give you the kingdom, note that. So we've got three different uh, metaphors going on here that we can belong to. First of all, little flock. So there's a flock that we could be a part of. Uh, father, there's a family we could be a part of. Kingdom, there's a kingdom that we can belong to. So God, as, as, we're, as we belong to the flock and the family and the kingdom, God becomes to us shepherd and father and king. I kind of like that. I like being in his flock. I like him being my shepherd because he's a good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. Amen? Amen. Read Psalm 23. Not now, but later. Read Psalm 23. And as you go through that, you can see that, hey, we even sang it this morning. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow, I will what? I'm not going to fear. Why? Because I'm tough. No? Because he's with me. Because he's with me. And when he's with you, you can act tough. Okay? So... And in the family, this is a faithful father. And then the kingdom, this is the kingdom. Uh, Isaiah tells us that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is the kingdom that is eternal. Amen. Amen. And so, again, more metaphors, more analogies for being a part uh, of belonging to God. I want to go ahead today, and we're going to dive into another one. I bumped into it just a little bit last week. Hold on screen guys. Stay with me here. Uh, the body of Christ. Everybody say the body of Christ. Christ. Say it again. The body of Christ. Christ. Look with me in Colossians chapter one, Colossians one verse 18. And he, Jesus is the head. Now watch the, the imagery here. He is the head of the body. He, Jesus is the head of the body. Help me out. So hold on. The body is the what? The church. Everybody on on with that. The body is the is the church, and who's the head of the body? Jesus. So he's also the head of the he's head of the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, that he may occupy the chief in the highest place. And then in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve in the New Living, the human body. Now follow this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Is that true for you? One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. The same is true with the body of Christ. Many parts makes up one whole body and the head of that body is Christ. So here's what we see. We are his body. We are his body. I am his body. You are his body. We are his body and scripture makes it clear individually and collectively. So you are, say I am, you're the body of Christ and then guess what we here at Meadowbrook we are the body of Christ and then across the street our friends at Berean Baptist they are the body of Christ and then we have friends in Estonia one of the Baltic states for, former Soviet Union their body of Christ I was in school this week with with pastors and leaders from just all over the place and they're part of the body of Christ And so all individually and then collectively and then all of us together, the body of Christ. And Jesus is the head of the body. Amen. Now, this is huge and we have to remember this, that he is the head. And I want to point this out to you. Jesus loves his body. Now, I'm not talking about like you love your body. You know, you see some people and every time they see a mirror, they (laughs) come. Or they see a mirror and they're like... You know, so whatever's with you, it's, and I'm not even talking about that kind of thing. He loves his body in that he cares. He loves and cares and nourishes and cherishes his body. In Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 25. Now, guys, heads up. Husbands, love your wives. Okay, y'all did better than all the other services, but I just got to tell you, guys, if you're really smart you would have really chimed in on that one, okay? All right? So I'm going to give you a reprieve here. We're going to act like we have not read this verse yet, okay? So here we go to Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives. There you go. Okay, here's the other part, though. Just as Christ also loved the church, his bride, and gave himself for her. Okay? So I want you to notice this. The church, what did we find out earlier reading? The church is what? The body. So he loved the church. He loved the body and gave himself for her. Look in verse 29. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we've got body and church in the the same one here. It's just interlaced all over the place. Jesus loves his body. Jesus loves you individually. Jesus loves his church. He loves his body. He will care for you. He will feed you. He will nourish you. Just like you would care for your body. It says nobody ever hated their own body. Now, there may be some things about your body you do hate. You know, it's like my genetics betray me or, or whatever it would be. Or you have not taken good care of yourself or whatever. It is. I wish I didn't. You. Whatever. Leave all that right now. You love your body in the sense that if you've got an itch in the middle of your back, you'll find a way right and if you're hungry you will what you will feed even if you push children and old ladies out of the way you you will get food am i right why cuz i love my body in the sense that you will care for well even more jesus cares for the church he cares for his body now this whole idea of the body of christ is huge and this is where most of our new testament teaching finds its application it's easiest for us to see in the setting of the body of Christ, because that's easy for us to relate to. It's helpful because we all have a body. You know, if he was talking about some kind of place or something that we rarely have seen or not seen or just heard a little bit about, it would be hard for us to relate to. But guess what? Every day we've been breathing, we've been in these bodies. We, we understand the body. We understand a number of things about how it works. You may not be able to name or list all the parts or know what connects to what, you know, but but you do understand some things about how it is to function in your body. And that's what we're after. Is that God wants us to understand and function as the body of Christ. Together and individually. He's wanting us to operate as a body. What does the body do? The body does. The body of Christ is to do the same thing as when Christ was in his body. And he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil for god was with him he went about preaching teaching and healing we see just follow scripture and we'll find out what he did the other thing to put more current context for us is this it's whatever he the head directs us to do so if we're the body and he's the head we're to do what the head directs us to do you with me so far okay I want to look at two relationships here that will help us to understand the body. The first one is this, your relationship to the head. Go ahead and read that with me. Your relationship to the head. We have to look at this. Um, I have Mr. Bones with me here today. We actually stole this out of the uh, science lab over at the academy. So he'll go back to school tomorrow probably. Um, We already understand Christ is the head. Now, please, this is for illustration purposes, okay? Okay. Don't you go out of here and say that I said Jesus looks like this. Okay. But we understand uh, in this analogy, Jesus is the head and we're the parts. And we're talking about your relationship to the head. I've heard some squirrely teaching in my day. And I've heard some people get so focused up on trying to figure out what part of the body they are. Now you're going beyond the Bible at that point. The Bible's not going to reveal that to you. I don't think anybody's going to reveal that to you. I don't think the Holy Spirit will be. Well, I want to know am I the bicep or the elbow or what am I? You're weird. And, and you, need to, you need to just tone it down and just be what you are. Function. Discover all you can about your function. Growth Track will help you do that as well. Uh, find out what your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your functions are. But just do those not about what are you going to do if you found out you were the kneecap or, or the liver or whatever, you know, don't trouble yourself with things that are beyond scripture. So for illustration purposes, let's just say that I'm the pointer finger. Okay. I point a lot. So that will, that will represent me and I need to have right relationship with the head. So there should not be interruption. If there's some kind of interruption here through the nervous system, the uh, a broken bone along the way, uh, muscles, something go wrong. I'm, I'm getting wrong signals. Guess what? I'm either not going to work or I'm going to do weird things. Have you ever known anybody that didn't work or did weird things? Okay. And so we don't want any interruption because signals are coming. Information is coming. Impulses are coming. Uh, uh, demands are coming. Warnings come. And so the head gives those to whatever part of the body that you are. It is so vital. Everybody say vital. That has to do with life. Your life depends upon having a right relationship with the head. And that's where this, that's where this all, all, all starts. Um, think about it in a number of ways here. Within this relationship, your relationship to the head, first of all, there needs to be Headship. Headship. And that means lordship. Can I put it to you another way? He's the boss. So if he's the boss, I'm not arguing with him. I'm not going to delay in what he tells me to do. What he says goes. And I don't have to drag my feet or have a hidden attitude. Do you ever have a hidden attitude to your parents or teachers or something? They tell you something. Do you hear me, young man? Yes, sir. <laughs> and inside you're thinking things, and then you get around the corner. You ever done that? You get around the corner from me, you're like. <laughs> and they go, you okay? Yeah, yes, sir, I was just fixing my shoe. Want to do what you told me to do with joy? Right. But see, headship, he's the boss. And I don't mind him being boss because he's good and he's no, he knows better than I do, but we cannot just have it as just headship and Lordship because then it's all aye, aye, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always telling me things to do. And there's a standard I have to keep. You don't want to have that relationship alone. You must also have fellowship, fellowship. There's a life flow. There's a law mutual supply that we'll talk about in a week or two. And, and it's also called fellowship or communion. It's abiding, abiding in him. Look at this in John 15. Jesus said, remain in me. And here's a, yet another metaphor. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Look at verse verse." Uh, Five, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Your permission, I am the head and you're the body. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. You'll accomplish things. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. You can do what? Nothing. nothing. Apart from him, nothing. So lordship and headship, but also fellowship and abiding in him. Once a little kid, Saturday afternoons, uh, there would be, uh, this thing called theater X and it was scary movies They'd come on in the afternoon. And, uh, what did you have where you grew up creature feature where she grew up? Do y'all have that? I grew up in Leesburg. We didn't have creature feature. <laughs> and it would come on. And sometimes it, it actually caught me. Sometimes I was on the couch and it came on before I could get off the couch and I was afraid to leave the couch. Because this voice would come on and go, this is theater X. Make sure all your doors and windows are locked and no one is behind you, the couch or the curtains. For this is theater X. And they do all this stuff. I'm like, oh God, I'm stuck. You know, so I just stay there. Sometimes I'd like to be brave with my brother and his buddies and try to watch some things. And I remember one episode. I mean, still, it still impacts me today. It's called The Hand did y'all ever see the hand okay and in this laboratory there's a hand in a jar and there's a evil scientist and this hand has a grudge against the scientist scientist takes off and goes to the movie one day and the hand said i've had it so he gets out of the jar somehow crawls off goes down goes goes to the theater gets in without a ticket Comes up the aisle, crawls up, chokes the guy, takes his popcorn and raisinets. I added that last part. How many of you know that is never going to happen? It's never going to happen because apart, things don't work that way. You cannot be detached. There's no Lone Ranger Christianity. You can't just, it's just me and God. It is not you and just you and God. It is you and God, but it's you and all of God's family and the rest of the parts of the body. You can't just be that hand just going along. Are you all with me? And plus, abiding in him in fellowship. 1 John 1 reveals this to us, that fellowship brings joy to relationship. Fellowship brings joy. It's not just a matter of I'm connected. But the fellowship brings joy. There are, there are people that have the same last name. They're related, but they have no joy. And I'll tell you why they have no joy. because they have no relationship or no fellowship rather. And so if you have problems, no joy in your relationship, the problem is fellowship. And so the same is true with God. If you don't have joy in your relationship with God, you've got to up your fellowship with God. And so first of all, relationship to the head, relationship to the head. needs to be lordship. It also needs to be fellowship with God. The second relationship is this. Your relationship to the rest of the body. Everybody read that with me. Your relationship to the rest of the body. I want you to read again because you've got to get this one. Go ahead. Your relationship to the rest of the body. This is where all the one another scriptures come in. Help me think of them here. Love one another. Pray for one another. Forgive one another. Serve one another. Comfort one another. Greet one another. Receive one another. Uh, be patient with one another. Um, on and on and on and on. The New Testament is loaded with one another's scriptures. So your relationship to the rest of the body means that if if I'm a part of the body and you're a part of the body, you're a part of the body, you're a part of the body, then we're what? We're part of one another too. We're, we're related in that way. And so that's where the one another scriptures um, come to bear. So in the body then... If there's division, if there's competition, if there's anger, if there's strife in the body, that is unnatural. You know, think about it. If it's time to eat, and it will be soon, and we're headed to the table, and there's a fork on the table to dive in, you will never find in a body both hands diving for that fork. And fighting it out for the fork. Give me the fork. No, you had the fork last time. You know, that's never gonna happen. Y'all, I work hard for you. Okay? Now, that's never gonna, that is unnatural. That is unhealthy. Who's gonna get the fork? The one that's better suited for it. Everyone does, they make, their supply of what they're effective at, what they're good at. For me, it would be left-handed. And the right hand's not going to be, oh, you, you wait till after dinner. <laughs> That's not happening. He's not going to be mad. And, and you know what? He's probably never going to get the fork unless he's hurt or busy. But they're the body, and so they what? They help each other. They pray, and they eat, and they wipe the face. And see, it all works <laughs> It all works together. Y'all with me? Thank you, Mr. Bonds. Get this, though. Think of your body. Think body right now. If there's division and bickering and complaining and strife and competing in your body, that's unnatural, that's unhealthy. Something is desperately wrong in your body. Think your body right now. Think your body. Something is desperately wrong when part of your body fights another part of your body. You know, when your body releases the wrong things. When an organ won't work right. When something is kicking in when it should not be kicking in. And not kicking in when it should be kicking in. And your body is working against you. That's unnatural and that is unhealthy. And ultimately, even medically, you could trace most of that back to... Let's go back, here's me again. You could trace most of that back to not my relationship with the other parts of the body as much as my relationship back to the head. There's some signal, there's something that's not happening between head and here. And so, if you and I can't get along, if we compete, if we fuss, if we complain, if we pick at one another, look at me first of all, that's unhealthy. It's unnatural. It's life-threatening. And it points not so much at individuals it points to perhaps the relationship with the head because you know what the head might do? well they upset me they did this they didn't say that they did say this and you know what the head will tell you let it go forgive them keep your cool and the head would would give you another signal instead of get a man get him i got your back I got your feet. I got your back. I got your everything. Okay, go. go. No, it, it would never happen in that way. So it's unnatural. But see, the thing is, we've got to realize that if I'm having problem with another part of the body, it's not so much a problem with the other part of the body. It's, there's probably something wrong with my relationship with the head. And I find the better I am with the head, yes. the better I am with anybody else. Amen? Now... I guess I could say it this way. Don't be a pain for the body of Christ. Don't be, uh, you know, if somebody asked Jesus about you, I'd hate for him to say, yeah, I know him. they are pain in my neck. Listen, you know what pain does? Pain limits function. Pain limits function. Whenever you've got pain, you can't do what you really need to do like you really want to do it. You know, all the time somebody's injured in sports. They can't, they can't do their deal. You can't go to work because I hurt this or did that. It limits function when there's pain. And you know what? I don't want to be a part, I don't want you to be a part of hindering or limiting or holding back in any way the work of the body of Christ. What Jesus wants to accomplish, God let it not be so that any of us would, would hinder the function of the body of Christ. Amen fussing with other parts, complaining, judging, gossiping, not doing your part. Isn't it a bummer when part of your body says, I ain't going today. You know, part of your body, I am not working. I'm off today. Well, you know what? It's the whole body together, not a part in rebellion, not a part against the other parts, right relationship with the head, right relationship with the rest of the body. Can I get an amen? Years and years ago, I read a book well, I've read a lot of books uh, by Watchman Nee on uh, the body of Christ. And I remember this and I've taught it for years. I've not read the book in years and years and years, but it's the three C's of living in the body of Christ. And if you've been here long, have uh, you've heard me teach on these. The first one is, is this one. Don't compete. They basically don't compete. Just like the hands wrestling for the fork or whatever. That's, that that would not happen. Don't compete. And think about it. In the body of Christ. Your body. You understand this. You have a body. That would be unnatural. That would be really weird. you know. But in Jesus' body. The body of Christ. Don't compete. Secondly. Don't compare. Don't compare. Say it with me. Don't <laughs> compare. Um, it is said that discontent comes by way of comparison. So you're fine with what you have until you saw... That commercial. What? They got a new one? I just got mine all together. You know, and then they got a new one. They do that to us with phones and everything else. They just keep upgrading. Or let's just say around your house, you're working and cleaning. Okay, I got my garden started and my deck all spruced up and this all fixed up. And and then you go to sit down, you got your garden, your lawn, everything looking good. And you go and sit down with your lemonade and open up a magazine. And the magazine is better homes and gardens. And you're like, why do I even try? You know, discontent comes by way of comparison. Don't compare. I said, don't compare. And that's why the body, uh, that's why the Bible tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and enter into the suffering of those who, who suffer. And the last one is this. Don't complain. Don't complain. Everybody say it. Don't complain. So get all of these. Let's memorize it. Don't compete. Ready? All together. Ready? Don't compete. Don't compare. Don't complain. Why? Because we belong to one another and we belong to the body of Christ. I belong to the body. You belong to the body. We belong to one another. And Jesus is the head over the body. And we're his hands and we're his feet and we're his voice. Now get this. When we relate properly to the head and when we relate properly to one another, something beautiful, something powerful, Something extraordinary takes place. Um, Starting in sixth grade, I started playing trumpet. And I played trumpet all through school and uh, traveled for a few years playing in some groups. I guess I still play trumpet. The last I played was Christmas morning. Um, I usually wake all my children to joy to the world with my trumpet. Um, They act like they hate it. I know they love it. And it would not be Christmas without it. Um, when I was in, and I, I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Leesburg and I played trumpet, you know, all the way through there. And, and I was kind of like, I don't hear this wrong. I was kind of like big fish, really small pond. So for about five summers, I went to the university of Florida during that time for band camps. Any of y'all ever in band before? All right. Awesome. Come on, don't geek out on me here, just, all right. Um, And so here I go, and instead of my little band, my little town, the first afternoon, all they do is audition everybody. And there are hundreds. There are just hundreds of musicians my age, just all over the place. And I think it was my second year there, they asked me, they said, "Uh, okay, thank you for your audition. Um, Would you stay nearby because we're going to want to hear you again? And I thought, okay, I hope that's good. So I waited, and you're so intimidated. I mean, there's people just all over the place. And, you know, wow, they're from Miami. Just if you hear from anybody from a bigger city, you think they're better, you know. And so it's just all over the place, and people act like they knew each other. And I had, like, two buddies somewhere in the sea of people. Well, they called me back and auditioned a little bit more, and then I made it to orchestra. Okay, y'all? I'm from Leesburg, Okay. So I'm in orchestra, and I'm in a jazz band, too. And then you have other things all through the week. So I show up for the first rehearsal for orchestra that evening. And it's in this incredible uh, rehearsal hall. And it's the the different tiers. And if you've been in band, you know where to go. And so they've got the woodwinds, they've got the brass, they've got the percussion, and then they've got the strings. And so you go in there, and everybody's warming up. And so this is probably 100, 125 musicians, everybody's warming up. It's mayhem. And they're not just warming up because with music, believe it or not, there's some ego that goes too. So we're not just warming up, we're also trying to one-up. So if somebody's playing their scales and they play their scales beautiful and fast, you go, you have not heard beautiful and fast until you hear this. And so then you do your scales and then being a trumpet player, ego becomes even more of a problem, okay? And so a trumpet player wants to play high and loud I think you think that's high and loud. You should hear this high and loud. And so it's not just me, it's dozens. And so it's just, you know, it's just all over this place. It's just mayhem. It's not just warming up. It's one up. Okay. And then beyond that, y'all still with me? I've never played with strings before at this point. And all of a sudden I hear strings warming up and I turn and I see the strings. And there's like dozens of them. And they're like all girls. And they've got all long hair and beautiful violins. And I've just fallen in love with three dozen girls. (laughs) So I'm distracted. I'm in love. I'm in competition. I'm confused. I'm, I got all this going on and I'm not the only one. It's the whole place is this way. And all of a sudden this door opens and this guy comes in and he steps up onto the podium. And because you've been in it long enough, you have made it that far, you know it. And all of a sudden, at the moment he stepped up on the podium, everybody went quiet. Everybody's instrument went on their lap in the right way. He looked up and greeted everybody, told everybody who he was. We knew who he was. And he said, now turn to this song. And he got us all, follow this, on the same page. He got us all on the same page and then he lifted his baton and he tapped. He counted us up and we started. We didn't start without him, we started with him. And everything he showed us to do, we did. And if he turned to the trumpets and said, I want more, then we gave him more. And if he said, back off, then we backed off and he cut us off and we cut it off. And he had another section come in and they came in. And I'm telling you the honest truth. I'm a ninth grader and I'm sitting there. And suddenly with right relationship to the director, the conductor, and everybody on the same page, and everybody in their seat as they've been placed in their seat, no longer in competition about, I wish I was in that seat, wish I wasn't in this seat, and rightly playing your part and relating to everybody else and blending and all of that happening. I'm telling you that something rose in the air that was beautiful, it was powerful, it was extraordinary, and I'm a ninth grader there playing And it moved me to tears. I had tears running down my eyes. And here I am 30-something years later. And you know what? It almost brings me to tears now. Because when all of that came together, something beautiful, something powerful, something extraordinary, something meaningful took place. Now. And we are the body of Christ. And if we'll know who the head is, who the conductor is, who the director is, know him. And when he stands in the place of authority, I don't care what chair I'm in, I'm glad to be in a chair. I'm glad I'm in it. And get on the right page. And whatever he says to do, I need more, I need more, I need more. I need you to back off. I remember in practices, he'd cut us off sometimes. And he'd say, you guys need to go work on that. When we finish, go work on that, and I get, get back in and get it all together. But this is the thing I'm saying to you, in the body of Christ, everybody in their places, on the right page, knowing who the conductor is, and when we relate properly to him and we relate properly to one another, hear me. something beautiful, something powerful, something extraordinary, something very meaningful will invade this earth, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?